Welcome back to Let's Get Mary, the wedding and event podcast. Hey, Sam. Hey, Mia. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Hanging in there, which is all we can ask lately, right? I know. That is very true. <laughs> I feel like the topic of conversation on like every work call and every communication is always like, what are you watching? What are you binging? Because we all need something to look forward to at night and on the weekend. And I think that's a big piece of it these days. So I will ask, what have you been watching lately? So I just finished the um, Cecil Hotel documentary. I don't know what that have is. You... That sounds scary. What? Okay. So like, I don't think we've really gotten into this and this, but like, I am a true crime fanatic. Like <laughs> I'm obsessed. So this is um, on the Cecil Hotel, which is like this really creepy hotel in downtown LA where this girl goes missing, allegedly. Um, but it like goes into like all these conspiracies around it. Um, and then ultimately kind of what happened. Um, but crazy thing is, is that the Night Stalker even seen in this hotel, which is like, you know, Richie Ramirez, which is like the guy with like the crazy teeth. So oh. it is the newest doc that is out and I am all here for it. Wow. And what can you watch that on? Uh, it is on, good question. I think it is on Netflix. Okay. Netflix. That sounds spooky. It sounds interesting. But spooky. I, you know, it's not as spooky as like the other things that I've seen. They also have a Night Stalker um, doc that just came out on Netflix. That one's a little creepy because like he's creepy. But mm -hmm. what are you watching? Oh, so well, we watched the Britney doc this weekend. Oh, how was that? It was good. It was sad. And there's rumor that there's three more coming out. So it'll be really interesting to see if they can finally move the needle. Have you watched it yet? I haven't. I've I've been meaning to. I did just see though that the court ruled in her favor to remove her father um, from her her courtship. Is the courtship uh, con conservatorship? Yes, that. Yeah, it's interesting, and I just I just got so excited that some of this took up more steam, and and seems like it's going to continue to um, to roll into things that it's like finally everyone's talking about that. It was like the yeah. weekend of, okay, this is what everyone is watching. I felt like, um, and then I also realized how you, cause you are such a boy band lover. I think on one of the early episodes we talked about how you, how you thought you might have to miss my wedding for Backstreet Boys. Was it? The Backstreet Boys. Yes. But luckily it's not the same weekend. Right. Right. So I realized why I've never had a good answer to you of sync versus Backstreet Boys. And it was confirmed today with my childhood best friend, Annie, we were texting about this. I said, was the reason that we don't, we like don't have an sync versus Backstreet Boys, like allegiance is because we were Britney Spears people. And she was like a hundred percent. That was all we listened to. That was all of our little dances we'd make up. So that was my issue. I didn't, I, boy brands were like, were not even on my radar. It was all Britney Spears. That is so, you know, so I was actually having a conversation with my mom about, because she watched the doc too. And she said, you know, because Justin put out like this whole, um, apology to her and Janet and everything. And I, again, being younger, we were younger when all of this kind of went down. I don't remember everything that happened between them, right? And I wasn't necessarily like, I loved Britney, but I wasn't like team Britney over Backstreet Boys. Right. I had my heart. But um, she said she's like the way that he was, like he was just like a little punk. And like for him to come out now with an apology, it's almost like a little, little too little, too late kind of thing. And almost yeah. like if this doc didn't come out, he would have never had made that apology kind of thing. So mm -hmm. It's interesting, but um, yeah, I got to watch it. I really do. Yeah, that is interesting. 
Um, oh, and you know, we also watched um, lots more docs this weekend. There were like 45 minute docs. It's this um, series called Trafficked. It was originally on National Geographic, but it's now on Hulu, I believe. And it's this investigative journalist and she goes into uh, 45 minute episodes of different topics. We watched one about fentanyl. We watched one about spam phone calls. And I have to tell you, when I have been venting about needing a spam phone call doc in my life for at least the past three years, every time I get a spam phone call, I hang up the phone and I go, what is this? Who is behind this? Where did this come from? How are these people getting to it? Because, oh, this also happened because a spam phone caller told me to shut up the other day. Did I tell you this? (gasps) What? No. <laughs> I said, why are you calling? Take her off the, your list. And she yelled, shut up at me. And I said, who is this? Why are you calling me? So Did you hang up on her? Oh, she hung up on me after she yelled, shut up. Oh. It was bizarre. It was really bizarre. But I have been on this journey of like, please, someone do a Tiger King or whatever, all these other docs that we've all been obsessed with in quarantine. Someone do that for spam phone calls. And it finally was able to be watched by myself. And I just feel like I have a lot more context to it. So everyone should watch Trafficked. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. So switching gears completely, what are we drinking today, Sam? So today we are drinking a pomegranate rosemary gin sparkler. Wow. A lot going on there. Yes. But basically it's pomegranate juice, simple syrup, your favorite gin. Um, topped with club soda and then garnished with pomegranate seeds and a sprig of rosemary. I'm really on this sprig of rosemary kick lately. I love that. I also just love the name sparkler. I think that's perfect for a wedding. Let me try it. Yeah. I like the mix of the gin and the uh, pomegranate juice. It's not too strong. No. So like I'm not the biggest gin person, but gin similar to vodka can be very easily manipulated based on like what you're doing. I do like gin uh, in like the summertime with like cucumber and like basil, whatever that is. Um, But I like this because it's, it's refreshing and it's not overpowering. Got it. Yeah, no, this is, this is a good one. Um, And I think you could definitely like come up with a fun name with the word sparkler for, for a wedding. And it would also be a great foreshadowing if you were going to do something like you did and have surprise fireworks toward the end of your wedding. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a great little, um, little, inside pun that you can do. <laughs> I'm all about those little secret layers to to wedding planning. I feel like that was like totally what you did when you're planning. And I'm in the midst of trying to come up with those like special little moments that people yeah. will either notice or it'll go above some guest head and that's fine. <laughs> you know, but you'll know it's there and that's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. So episode 17. 17. Today is all about the most unbelievable crazy, insane, or insanely joyful wedding traditions that we could find. So Sam and I came to you all today in with the intent to try to top each other with the most unbelievable wedding traditions that we could find. So I'm so excited to get into this one. I think I have come across a lot of things when I used to do Thursday trivia on our Instagram. Um, but there were definitely more that I had absolutely never heard of. And I just think that... I I mean, I love the internet for this reason. You can find out about anything anyone is doing at any point in history. So um, I will let you kick us off with your first one, Sam. Okay. All right. I got to, 
I feel like I really have, I really put in some work knowing with your um, trivia topics that you've already got like a step up over me. So (laughs) no pressure, no pressure. Okay. So in France, French brides and grooms traditionally eat chocolate and champagne after their reception, right? Right. Everything sounds all well and good. Mm -hmm. However, they're consumed from the toilet bowl. What? I don't know why, but the point is to give them strength before the wedding night. Like I don't know. Immune this is strength. Like strength for their wedding night. Like this is supposed to like help. I don't, I don't know, but I think we need to have someone from France give us more explanation here. But I thought that this was a pretty good one to come to the table. That is wild. We're going to have to call Annie, my childhood best friend who lives in Paris. That is so interesting. I wonder if it's all about the, like, like, I don't think this is necessarily based in like fact, but like immune response to like eating out of a toilet is like pretty gross. It's all those memes of like, if you did X, Y, and Z, like, don't worry about the vaccine. (laughs) Like, is that what this is? No, seriously. This is definitely one of them. Like French brides and grooms, don't worry about the vaccine. You're good. Right. (laughs) If you've gotten married in France. Oh my goodness. That's wild. Great find. Good job. (laughs) Crazy. That is crazy. Um, Okay. So my first one is all about smashing. So in more than one culture, the, uh, the tradition is to smash things at the wedding. So first it's in Guatemalan culture. It's technically called the ringing bell tradition. And at wedding receptions, the parents of the groom can literally do whatever they want. And when the bride and groom arrive, it is customary for the parents of the groom to start smashing things and shattering things at the wedding. And the mom of the groom in particular is known to shatter a white ceramic bell with rice and flour. And that is thought to bring prosperity to the couple. This sounds incredibly messy and also slightly dangerous. I I agree. I mean, I've, we've both like cleaned up our fair share of like shattered glasses at events, but like, come on, (laughs) like what? Yeah, no, 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 no. And then, um, German people actually do something similar. Guests shatter glasses to ward off the evil spirits, and the couple has to then clean up the shattered glasses together. And this is them essentially working together for the first time to face any challenge that will come their way. So nothing worse than shattered things at a reception, but then also leaving it to the main people of this event to have to clean it up in front of everyone. Isn't now I feel like doesn't um Greek culture do something like this too where they smash smash plates on the floor? I don't know, but I feel like I feel like it's pretty common among a few cultures. To yeah. Do that. Yeah, that's true. You know, and um like I know that um Jewish couples will like uh, break the glass after. But yeah, so there are a lot of cultures it seems that are into shattering whether that is for luck or for evil spirits and maybe the noise to scare the evil spirits. Um, so very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Number two. So this one is from Russia. So according to custom, a Russian man must go to the bride's parents' home on the morning of the wedding and prove his worth by either paying a ransom 
don't love that. For his lady, showering his bride's family with gifts or simply humiliating himself until the family's had enough. Now, in order, and let's just take this step by step. Paying a ransom is the family then determined that, like, I'm very, I'm confused here. Like, does he have to give money? And then the family's like, no, no, that's enough. Like, are you putting a price on your daughter? I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. And the word ransom is interesting because, right, we've heard this in history as like dowry or something yeah. like the the man's family would pay something. But ransom feels like. Negative. Yeah, it does. That is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. But then wait, what was the second part that you said? Oh, and then then to the point of humiliation. Yes. Huh. It's 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 interesting. Um, you know, but I'm sure Russia has people like us saying these Americans do things like this. Can you believe it? Oh, totally. And I think yeah. great point. That's the beauty of this and like that's the point of this podcast today. We're not yes. we're we're kind of amplifying these traditions that feel so foreign to us, but yes. there are a million things and we all know this, that Americans do, that all the other countries are like, what in the world is going on over there? So it is so fun to learn these things and to understand yeah. them. So, yeah. Um, okay. So my second one speaks to when I mentioned that our theme today is not just insane, but also insanely joyful, because I really love this one. So in Niger, which is the proper way to pronounce um, the country, I thought it was uh, Niger, but it's Niger. So learn something new every day. And um, with their wedding receptions, they are typically held under the full moon in the desert. And you bring in a camel and the camel is encouraged to dance to a rhythmic beat of the 10-day instrument. So you have an amazing dancing camel in the middle of your reception and the camel dances to this traditional instrument and drum beat that they have in their culture. How freaking cool is that? Pretty awesome. I know. Is, I love it. Trained to do that? Like, are there specific wedding camels? So it's the, uh, I might not pronounce this correctly, but it's the Tuareg people in Niger. So I'm not sure if the camels tend to be around music a lot and they learn it from a young age or something. Not exactly sure how camel brains work over here in wedding world. Um, but I think it's something interesting to this culture that they have this ability with their camels and the camels move. And I feel like you could just picture a, the, like the weird limbs of a camel and I just under the full moon too. That's like so cool. That's very cool. I like that one. Right? That's awesome. It's just delightful. Okay. I feel like there's like an, like a, a theme going on. Like I have like these ominous ones and you have like joyful and like <laughs> maybe that speaks to our character a little bit. <laughs> okay. So in Romania before the wedding, guests work together to playfully abduct the bride, whisking her away to an undisclosed location, demanding, an, again, another ransom hmm. from the groom. And it's typically in requests. So like they, it's like a scavenger hunt, essentially, to find your bride. Hmm. So um, typical requests would be like a few bottles of alcohol or for those looking to make the groom sweat, maybe making him sing in front of a lot of people, fun things like this. It's actually funny because this, have you watched The Office? Yeah. Oh, yes. Doesn't this remind you of Dwight's bachelor party with them, like, hiding Angela and, like, locking her in the car? Yes, 100%. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Yeah, it's, like, rooted in truth that, like, 
women were stashed away. But again, like there's a lot of intent to like humiliate a single man on his last night before being, if this is the night before, I feel like a lot of these are typically like that wedding week. So interesting. It's a lot of humiliation going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's true. (laughs) How funny. Okay. So my final one is one that you've heard of. It's, I've heard of it. It's, it's commonplace. But the specific reason of why I'm bringing this as one of the most insane wedding traditions is because of the reason behind it. And I think this is going to be the hell I die on this episode. So I wanted to bring this one as my most insane tradition. And it's common. It continues to be a part of US wedding culture. But the reason behind this is wild. So we all know of the, uh, of many people still do this. Um, not as many, I feel like as, as we don't see this as often, but if you're not doing a first look, there is the old wives tale that the couple should not see each other until they get down the aisle, right? Very common. It's like a 50, yeah. 50 chance. I'd say, yeah. um, not 50, 50 with married couples, actually funny enough. Um, most of our couples do first looks, but right. Nothing crazy or wild about this. But the reason we do this, it's not about luck. And I feel like usually it's like they can't see each other because they have to have good luck for their marriage. That's not what it is. This comes from the tradition of the man would see his bride in an arranged marriage before she came down the aisle. And he would often run off because she was too ugly. Literally because she was not beautiful enough. So, right. So then it blossomed into let's stave off this moment of seeing each other until the last, last second. And they're at the altar and there's nowhere for him to go. He hasn't been able to have cold feet and run off. It is literally a hundred percent rooted in a woman's looks and a woman's beauty. And that is nothing is more insane than that to me. No dancing camels, no smashing plates. It is that because we have still allowed something like this to permeate U.S. wedding culture in 2020 and it to be very normal and um, you don't you don't turn your eye up and your ears don't perk up when you see it happen at a, at a wedding. And there's always so much romanticism, I think, around it. And there's yeah. so much romanticism of like, oh, the groom has to cry. And there's pictures of the groom watching the bride for the first time. It is about looks. And I yeah. think that's the most insane of all. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I, I I feel like we've talked about this too a few times before, but I, I, you know, trying to like trap for lack of better terms, them into a wedding. It's, I don't agree with that. Yeah. You you need to, if you can't handle me at my quarantine pajamas, you don't handle me. You don't get to have me in my wedding dress. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, this was a fun one, and we're going to have to do more of these because the topics are endless. There's so many. Like, I had a hard time narrowing it down. I know. Me too. And I hope that after this, two things, that people DM us with the craziest traditions they've heard. And I would also implore anyone listening to this to share with me the, the most fun ones that they've heard of as I'm trying to put some touches on my wedding day, even if they're not necessarily my culture, my fiance's culture, something like that. I just am always open and excited to hear about different things people are doing um, because I just think what's better than like 
fun traditions that are, even if the root of something is a little bit strange, if they can be interpreted to 2020 times, like I would just absolutely love to hear from people of like what, what their, what their things are that they would have brought to this podcast today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. So what's going on with Mary? Okay, so I've been a bit hesitant to bring this up on the podcast, but I think we need to manifest good things happening. So we have really begun to hear grumbles of weddings being able to happen. And I say this with a little bit of a muted tone because I don't want to say it too loud for the universe and things get scarier again. But we are beginning to hear um, tri-state area and New England states saying, if all goes well, there can be some openings, there can, can be some changes. And um, leadership in one of these particular states today actually even mentioned that they know that event planners need to need, need some heads up. It can't just be great, have a wedding and this weekend, bam, it happens, right? So I am cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I will say cautiously twice. Yeah, um, but I think there, I think there's movement. And yeah. I think we're going to be okay. Right? Tell me we're going to be okay. I just knocked on wood for Oh, you. good. I was wondering what you were doing. Um, and I think in that vein, my advice would be, if you are planning, keep planning. No one knows more than I do how you, like, you go up and down over the past year that we've had. But the best thing you can do if you're hoping for the future is to keep going. Because when we know it's 100% that you can have your wedding, it is going to be hard to go from zero to 100. It's also going to feel like you got kind of screwed a little bit of your engagement and your planning. So start now, you know, and it's, it's going to be easier. And Tony really feels strongly with this, that it's going to be easier to move things that are already planned than to rush and plan a wedding ASAP because not everyone can do that. You know, I was just going to say that at least it gives you a leg up essentially when, you know, everything is, is, you know, you get the full, okay you know, people are just going to start planning then. At least if you're starting to get the ball rolling and, you know, talking and getting things planned, you, you're ahead of the curve, essentially. Exactly. And if you wait until the 11th hour, your vendors are going to be booked, your dream vendors, all of that. So getting getting that communication out, we've had it definitely an influx of people reaching out for coordination services. So just keep planning, keep manifesting it for the couples that are engaged in your life. If I can be so bold to ask everyone to do that. Um, and I think we have an exciting next few years for the wedding industry ahead. Um, because there's a lot of people that had to put things on hold and it's, it's soon enough. It'll be time to celebrate. Yeah. Sending good vibes your way, Mia, and just everyone listening. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening. As I say, thank you to Sam for manifesting this with me. So thank you so much for listening. Please rate us in the podcast app. Please follow us on social media at Mary by Mia. Please let us know what you want to hear about next. Thanks so much for getting married with us. Have a good one. Bye.